you know, that that is a big sticking point right there. So, yeah, he has a very interesting perspective of a former quarterback, starter and backup. Right. He's the son of the great Bob Greasy. So, I mean, he has NFL leanings in that bloodline. But in the end, a lot of people really like Brian Greasy to step in and be an offensive coordinator. But the only thing is, are the Saints serious about this? You know, it's just waiting to see what happens with Groot. Clint Kubiak, San Francisco 49's passing game coordinator, the son of former Super Bowl winning coach Gary Kubiak. Clint Kubiak has carved his own coaching path in the NFL before joining the 49ers last season. Kubiak has had stops in Denver, Minnesota, and in Denver in a variety of roles as he ascended through the coaching ranks. In 2021, Kubiak was named offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, a role he held for one season before Coach Mike Zimmer and his staff were replaced at the end of the year. Now, though Kubiak has one year of coordinated experience, he helped put together a productive offense during the season. The Vikings finished 12th in yards, 14 in points, 11 in passing, and 17 in rushing. Like other candidates, the Saints have interviewed this cycle. Kubiak is relatively young at 36 years of age, right? Ronald Curry, another this is an in or maybe a, a possible move a promotion from inside of the team. Ronald Curry, the Saints quarterback coach and passing game coordinator. Mickey Loomis declined to say if Curry will be considered to replace Carmichael, but the Saints have indeed con- conducted in-house interview according to multiple resources. <laughs> Excuse me, this could be just a Rooney rule thing, you see. Curry's familiarity with Carr and offense makes him a natural candidate. If the Saints want to hire from within, Curry, who's 44, was in the mix for the Bucks offensive coordinator job last year, and he's seen as a rising coach around the league. He has coached New Orleans quarterback since 21. He's also become the team's passing game coordinator a year later. And word on the street is that people are going to look at Curry. There's still jobs that's out there with various teams of filling their coaching ranks. And there's still people out there that, that could be possibly looking for offensive coordinators. There are two, there's still two teams right now that need coaches. So, I mean, we're far out of it. And Curry could be a guy that goes somewhere else. Now, last year, remember, uh, we were advocating for Ronald Curry to for for the Saints to switch up and let allow Ronald Curry to call games last year. So they, Dennis Allen didn't even even look at that, even though several times during the year when the offense was stinking, stuck in the mud, awful, couldn't put up points, was kicking field goals. He refused to make a change. He refused to do anything about it. We just kept hearing all the rhetoric about how great the practices are, but it didn't translate on the field. You see. And then ultimately, we kept saying, listen, do something different because that's what progressive coaches do. When things look bad, they don't sit on, they don't smash the ass and just say, we're going to just be patient, we're going to do it. No, you have the NFL, NBA, all this stuff is, is, a, is it's a, game of a, it's a game of adjustments. You got to be able to adjust when you see something not working. You can't smash your ass there and say, well, it'll pick up sooner or later. No, you got to make a move. You got to adjust. You got to change whether that's allowing a man to come in and call the plays for a game or two, just to see how the offense responds. Things could, you know, that might be a communication issue. It might be, they react better to another guy. We see this all the time with quarterbacks. Like you'll see a quarterback in there and he just don't have it. The quarter, they take the quarterback out, put the, the, the backup in and then all of a sudden stuff starts flowing. They start, it's all about rhythm. It's all about energy. And sometimes other guy, react better to an energetic person. They might feel more of a camaraderie with that guy versus the other guy, but that never was the case with the saints. 
progressiveness and all this type of stuff and making adjustments very fast and quickly is not something that Dennis Allen is good at and isn't attempting to get better at. That's one of the things that make him not a good coach. You know, <laughs> you, you can't adjust slowly while your adversaries are adjusting quickly. You, you're going to lose. You're not going to win. So uh, Curry was never see. I, I, you know, we'll see what they look like. But like I said, I think this is just window dressing. All right, Mike Sullivan, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback coach of the Saints candidates to replace Carmichael Sullivan might be the most experienced. The Steelers quarterback coach started his coaching career in 20 uh, in 2002. He's been an offensive coordinator twice. He first held the role with the Bucks from 2012 to 2013. Then again with the Giants from 2016 to 2017. He's 56, has also been a quarterback's coach for the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Giants. But Sullivan's most recent work was with the Steelers. And it's likely the reason the Saints are interested in speaking to him for the job. After the Steelers fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada back of November of 2021, Sullivan called plays for the final eight games, which led to a noticeable improvement for the offense. Pittsburgh ranked 14 in offense from weeks 12 to 18, where it was ranked 28th overall the first 11 weeks under Canada. Sullivan helped the Steelers improve offensively despite uncertainty at the quarterback. Pittsburgh eventually turned to third stringer Mason Rudolph, who played very well enough to keep the job over normal starter Kenny Pickett once the 2022 first round to return from an ankle from ankle surgery. The Steelers finished 10 and 7 and made the playoffs, losing to the Bills in the wild card round. Now, Sullivan is available in part because the Steelers coach Mike Tomlin said the franchise hire from outside of their vacant offensive coordinator position. Though Sullivan called plays, running backs coach Eddie Faulkner was named Pittsburgh's in, in interim offensive coordinator. The Saints, though, aren't the only team that expressed interest in Sullivan. He reported the interview with the Raiders before speaking to the Saints. So that's background on him. And Brian Johnson is here as well. Brian Johnson, former Eagles offensive coordinator. And I think I have to look at it. Y'all remind me in the chat if uh, Brian Johnson signed with somebody. I think, didn't, no, 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 no. Didn't Brian, I think Brian Johnson, I don't think he signed with, I think he's still out there. Y'all remind me in the chat, let me know uh, his status because uh, I think he's still available. I don't think anybody picked him up. I know uh, the Eagles uh, made some moves and they picked up a new coordinator, offense, offensive, I think, uh, uh, who was the offensive uh, guy they picked up? Y'all put it in the chat, let me know, man. Kellen Moore. That's right. Kellen Moore is expecting that's Ian Rappaport dropping that game. Let me see if I can share that is the Eagles expected to hire Chargers offensive coordinator at Kellen Moore to be their new coordinator and one of the top OCs around. So there you go. So Philly, this is what progressive teams do, right? We know Kellen Moore is a rising star in the NFL, right? Um, People respect his offenses. Uh, He's a guy that's seen as a kind of a, you know, um, very bright offensive coordinator. The Eagles made the guy their guy, their offensive coordinator. So in the end, it's going to be interesting to see just how well, uh, you know, listen, let me just say this and I get back to the Saints stuff, fam. This is when you watch other teams, the Philadelphia Eagles was a team that was going through stuff, right? Uh, Sirianni had some issues that happened. What happens? He gets rid of, he gets a new offensive coordinator and Vangio, I think Nick Vic Fangio, isn't he the defensive coordinator? So they get Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator and Fangio as the defensive coordinator. This is, and then that's what I'm saying. This is what progressive teams and that's led, that's the general manager is, uh, is uh, Roseman, Howie Roseman. 
This is what productive and in tune, progressive, want to win general managers do. They're always cutting edge. They're always looking to get the best talent offensive and defensively, whether it's players or coaches. They're always looking to do that. They are miles and leagues ahead of what old dinosaur mentality, fake ass general manager and Mickey Loomis, who's really parading like he's a gym. He's just VP. He's a VP. He's getting paid for two jobs and doing and getting paid for two jobs and really doing one job. And most of the stuff with the contracts is handled by Kai. So, I mean, it's this is the difference. Now, if you like Mickey Loomis, Keep him at the VP. I'm all for him being a VP, but VP only because we don't need a slow ass, unconcerned dinosaur smacking, chewing gum, glossy eyed, uh, 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 flushed face, B rating, elitist minded general manager who gets fleeced by real people like Roseman for draft picks. I got to keep my hands in my pocket when that guy comes around. No, you don't have to keep your hands in your pocket. You just got to hire somebody that knows how to be a general manager, like Howie Roseman. So they know how to deal with him. Oh, goodness. But anyway, uh, thank you, Brent. She said, did Curry teach Carr how to go through progressions? (laughs) Yes. And stare receivers down. We don't need more of the same, more changes. better come on hey bro come Come on on now dog (laughs) come on man indeed thank you thank you thank you thank you far too kind yes indeed man uh it's crazy uh how the saints operate you know with it. it but it's just this has to pass you know and i don't want everybody to get down do please, family, don't get down on this season that's coming. Don't get down. Don't get down on the Pelicans. Don't get down on the Saints. I think the Pelicans are learning. You know, they're healthy and they are learning. This was stuff that was supposed to happen a couple of years ago because all these injuries kept the team from playing together as a team. They'll get better. The Saints will get better eventually. This is just truth has, you know, truth has to sanitize through the Saints. We've come through a lot of of awareness this past year and the year before, right? We figured out who the issue is. We know who the issue is. The majority of the who that nation's eyes are fixated. Been they, they've spotlighted it. They know, and they are hitting Mickey Loomis with questions. He's feel look how he looked in that end of the season press conference. That was a disaster. That was a disaster. But we do realize that he is the issue. He's the problem. So in a press ask him, is there another guy, you know, is you are there you are you about stepping down? Maybe they didn't say stepping down, but you know, about potential uh general manager being promoted, such and such, such and such. Oh, well, that's just some made up stuff. Somebody wrote that. That's not going to happen. You know, that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, just give it some time. <laughs> just give it. I'm, I'm not going to do that. You know, he bust that Urkel on your ass. But listen, I'm just saying at the end of the day, eventually this has, this will pass. So y'all just laugh and, and just, just enjoy yourselves, man. Cause I'm telling you, it's going to happen. 
We know what time it is. We just have to be patient while once again, we are proving correct because we were proven correct this past year and we were proven correct the year prior to that. The Saints are failing, not because of talent, because of mismanagement. I kept saying the same thing. There is no general manager. There's a general mismanager. <laughs> we got a general. I'm going to start. I'm going to start phrasing that now, family. Let's coin that right now. We're going to start. It's not that we don't have a general manager. Let's rebrand it as a general mismanager. How, how about that? The NFL's first general mismanager is, is <laughs> and the oldest one is general, the, the miss general, uh, man, the miss general manager is Mickey freaking Luke uh, Loomis, who's been operating with the saints for 20 some odd years. He's the oldest, oldest tendered guy there. And he's not I kept saying it. Dude's not really a, a, a general manager. He's a VP parading as a general manager. It's Sean Payton. Tell him to do this. Sean Payton. Tell him to do that. Y'all remember when Mickey used to get up there, he would defer all questions to it. Uh, Sean Payton. He did it with Dennis to a point when people start realizing that Dennis Allen doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he gets the face that y'all know the possum, the confused possum with the, with the lights, you know, the possum with the car coming at him and he's stuck in the middle of the road. <laughs> you know, the, the scared, confused possum, the deer in the headlights or the, the possum in the, the, the headlights look. He gets that all the time. He's like, man, I, Q, I don't think this dude know what he's doing. No, he doesn't. He doesn't know what he's doing. That's the whole point of this. That's why it's, it's, it's a big show of comedy. So all we have to do is just be what we've been doing, being right. We've been calling it right. We've been talking about who the problem is. So we ultimately going to see it. The general mismanager. That's what it is, John. <laughs> the NFL's first general mismanager is Mickey Flip, Flippin' Lucas. I mean, a Loomis. That's who it is. The gender misgener. That's what it is. Y'all remember that general mismanager, Mickey Loomis. That's who is that. We are under mismanagement. You ever heard that? Remember that old song? Uh, 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 it's an old song, R&B song. Love under new management. Y'all remember that? My, my ladies in the chat, y'all put the name of that person up on there and put that in the chat, man, because I remember that song. But yeah, when you go to a new business and you see they shut down and it's your favorite hamburger joint or your chicken joint and they got a, a sign up there. It's on the, on the big sign off the street and they say under, under new management. You, you change that, you put, you put up there uh, under mismanagement. And that's what we are. We're currently under mismanagement. And that's real. That's real. Mickey flipping Lucas. I mean, I keep saying Lucas. Loomis. Some AKA call him Dumas. And that's what's going on with the Saints right now. Mismanagement like a dog. All right. Yeah, J-Rock. See, you go. Lo yeah, love on the new. That's Mickey Howard. There you go. See, y'all are uh, my R&B historians in the building. Man, that's an old school joint right there. I was listening to that a, a couple of weeks ago. It popped up on R&B on, on the app. All right. So anyway, Brian Johnson, man, former Eagles offensive coordinator, interview scheduled for Monday. Johnson becomes the fifth person under 40 years old that the Saints have expressed interest in. 36. Uh, it lasted one season as the Eagles OC. He was fired after a tumultuous season, which I don't know if we won't look at this guy. <laughs> he, he was fired. All right. Philly started 10 and one before finishing 11 and six and losing to the Buccaneers in the playoffs during the decline. The Eagles offense regressed in several key areas, such as turnovers and passing. The unit still ranked in the top 10, though, in major areas like points, yards, rushing yards. Before the season, the Eagles promoted Johnson, the quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator due to his work with the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. 
under Johnson's watch, Hurts blossomed to an MVP candidate back in 2022 and was named the Offensive Player of the Year as the Eagles made the Super Bowl. The Eagles also needed an offensive coordinator because Shane Ste- uh, Steinem, uh, how you pronounce his name, Steichen? I, I don't know, left the coach for Indianapolis. Johnson is still uh, seen as a rising coach around the NFL. He had uh, three head coaching interviews with the with the Panthers, the Falcons, and the and the uh, Titans also drawing interest from Cleveland and the Bucks for their vacant offensive coordinator position. Before getting into coaching, Johnson was a starting quarterback for the University of Utah. He began his coaching career at the collegiate level while working his way up the ranks, including offensive coordinator stints at Utah, Houston, and Florida before jumping to the NFL in 2021. So another candidate there and also prospective candidates. This is the big money candidate that the Saints are looking at. Uh, John Gruden, former Raiders coach. Saints were also known to have interest in Gruden, but it's unclear whether an actual interview has taken place. Now, there are reports that were reported on uh, that we talked about before the end of the season where Gruden and and Mickey Loomis and others met in Tampa Bay prior to that last Tampa Bay matchup. That they talked about it and they expressed interest in each other, meaning the Saints wanted them and he wanted to be there. John Gruden is trying to get back into the NFL. Nobody and I mean, nobody wants John Gruden except for the Saints. And people say, well, Q, why do they want John Gruden? It's Derek flipping Carr is the reason why John Gruden is a thing for the New Orleans Saints. I'm keeping it real. This is not a Dennis Allen play. This is not a Mickey flipping Dumas, a.k.a. Saints general mismanager. That has nothing to do with what they want. It is what they're doing, what Carr wants. The $150 million quarterback wants. He wants John Gruden. All right, Gruden resigned from his role as a Raiders coach in 21 with emails containing racist, homophobic, and sexist language from the ESPN days were leaked to the the press. Gruden has since filed a lawsuit against the NFL and and Goodell for seeking to destroy his career, and they did do it through a malicious and orchestrated campaign. Two things they were attempting to do according to reports. One was to get rid of Snyder, which they did. And the second one was to get rid of Gruden and they accomplished it. But that last one was a biggie. That was a toughie as Mickey would say, because it might end up bringing Goodell and several other people tied to the NFL down. You know, that's how we doing. Gruden has filed a lawsuit against the NFL seeking to, then they did it. Luma said questions about Gruden were fair, but added he wasn't going to speak about specific candidates, right? You're not going to talk about him. That's the biggest one right there is the fact that the Saints are looking at John Gruden. Could all this other stuff be window dressing as they get ready to uh, wait for Gruden, whose case is supposed to be finished, according to reports, uh, over the next several days? So we'll simply see about that. All right, off the board, Shane Waldron. This is a Seattle Seahawks coordinator. Saints requested an interview with him, but ultimately he was snatched away by the Bears who needed an OC after firing Luke Getze. Waldron heads to Chicago where the Bears will have to make a decision on Justin Fields. Word on the street is that they're going to trade Fields. And even Brian Urlacher, the great inside linebacker, Brian Urlacher, was saying that they should get, don't pass on Caleb Williams. Make sure you get Williams and boom, bam, beam. They was trying to trade him last year, if y'all remember, and then they just pulled back at the last second. This year, I think he'll be gone because new administration I mean, new people coming there, they think Williams is the legit thing, the legit quarterback to take them into the next 10 years of Chicago-style football. So, you know, that's the thing. So they got a coordinator there in Waldron. Dan Pitcher, the former 
Bengals quarterback coach pitcher didn't have to leave Cincinnati to earn a promotion. Now that the Bengals offensive coordinator, uh, Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan has earned another job. The Tennessee Titans hired Callahan to be their next coach, setting the stage for pitcher to step into Callahan's old role and stay with the Bengals. New Orleans had already interviewed pitcher, who was 37 once and had a second interview lined up later on. Now it won't happen because he don't need your stinking job. He has a job now. All right. So anyway. That's some of the stuff right here, family, about the OC stuff that we all have right here as we keep it pushing and moving. All right, so anyway, let's jump on to the next thing, man. Let me kind of, family members, y'all got anything, y'all please feel free to throw it in the chat. What's up, Rock? How you doing, sir? Says Q. We coming back strong next year, though we are nervous. No, no, don't be nervous, bro. Canellas is a solid, we're going to talk about that coming up right now, matter of fact. Canellas was a very good choice. I know the guy, I know a lot of family members want it. Um, you know, uh, the other guy, I know y'all wanted the guy from Detroit, the D- Detroit's offensive coordinator, but the reality is Canellas is a good pickup for you. And it's going to be one of those type of situations. Like what happened with Miami when they picked up that Miami coach last year, a lot of people are like, what, what was that fam? He is, they needed somebody that could work with Bryce, who believes in Bryce young and can get him involved in the offense. Canellas could do that. His he was largely responsible for what happened with Baker Mayfield. He took Baker Mayfield, helped him, uh, you know, integrate into that offense. And look how Baker Mayfield looked after his confidence had fell out. He was traded twice or he had two movements in the same season. This was a guy that nobody had confidence in. He looked awful in Carolina. He goes to Tampa Bay one year, four million dollars and turns into a quarterback that takes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who just lost Tom Brady into the second round of the playoffs. This guy actually won a playoff game with Tampa Bay and pushed past, won the NFC South. Nobody but the most down, diehard uh, uh, die Tampa Bay Buccaneer person would think that would happen. Nobody would think that Tampa Bay, if you told me when Tom Brady retired, that Baker Mayfield will take the job and take the, the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers into the playoffs and get a playoff victory. Nobody see it, seen that. The Bucs made it happen. A lot of that was because of Canales. Uh, uh, he really did a really good job there. So, I mean, he's going to work real, well with those guys. So, anyway, let's cover this. Shout out to my, uh, my guy, Kyle T. Mosley at the Saints News Network, who put a good little article about this. Saints and FC South foes make surprising head coaching Hires. This indicates Saints and FC South Foles have made surprising hires for the head coaching positions, Carolina and Atlanta. And of course, we know this is going to be good. Dave Canellis, first to Carolina, planned to hire uh, Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Canellis to become their coach, in which they did. He'll work with Bryce Young. That's a big thing. Over his last two stints in Seattle and Tampa, he revived the careers of both Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield. Imagine what he can do with a guy like Bryce Young you know, and building that offense around him. And that is big because the it's not just a fluke. What he helped do with Geno Smith was phenomenal. And then what he did, if it didn't show you that Canellas was the truth, what he did with Baker Mayfield this past season, man, I don't know what to tell you. This guy is exactly what these people need down there in, town, in uh, Carolina to turn things around. So Canellas was a good charge, a good pickup. Raheem Morris, this is another, this is a phenomenal hire for the Atlanta Falcons. It's a, it's a, Low profile hiring, but he's just the type of coach that they need in that culture down there for the for, for Atlanta. And then he brought he then he turns around 
And then he picks up and hires uh, his offensive coordinator who would install an offense similar to what the Rams run, uh, you know, out there in Los Angeles. And um, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the guy name? Uh, hold on here. I just had this uh, article up here. I was going to bring it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zach Robinson. I'm sorry. And, and, and shout out to Zach Robinson, man. Him and his wife had a baby, their second child. And uh, 20 minutes later, they said that he told his agent that he was going to take the job to be offensive coordinator of the of the um, Atlanta Falcons. So he bringing a lot of that, that Ram style, that open air offense that the Rams like to run to that to Atlanta. And you have all these weapons. You got all these people around. You got the Kyle Pitts. You got the Drake London's. You got the the the, the Bijan Robinson. You got Tyler Jerry. You got Juno Smith, the backup tight end, doing and putting in some work, and they'll add some people as well this offseason. So Atlanta, from an offensive standpoint, is a team that is very that's going to be very dangerous this upcoming year. And uh, you know, we just in the sitting and waiting uh, position. Anyway, back to Raheem Morris. Uh, he nixed. Uh, they said they nixed Atlanta nixed the Bill Belichick in favor of of Rams defensive coordinator. Raheem Morris, he'll return to the NFC South as a head coach after leading the Buccaneers from 09 to 2011. He was a Falcons interim head coach in 2020, replacing Dan Snyder after the midseason termination. Currently, he is 21 and 38 record as a head coach. That will change. Morris, age, who's 47, has won two Super Bowl rings. He won his first ring as a staff member with the Bucs during that Super Bowl, y'all remember, and the most recent ring with the, with the Rams. Both hires field head coach openings in the NFC South, the current head coach, Dennis Allen, Todd Bowles, Dave Canellis, and Raheem Morris. So that's what we're looking like here. And of course, Falcons gave Raheem a five-year contract and said, hey, listen, we are going to wait on you, yada, yada, yada. You're going to build this team. And listen, the dude is a smart coach. He's a player-style coach. He's disciplined. He knows football. And this is going to be problematic to the Saints and Dennis Allen, who is not fundamental, who is incompetent who's not attention detail focused, who's not very, dis, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on there, but these guys they're bringing in here do have these traits. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to tell you guys that, but it is the truth, you know? So it's, it's going to be interesting, man, to see exactly how all this is going to run with our adversaries picking up these terrific coaching hires, man. And in the end, it is going to be fun watching the NFC South in 2024. So, like I said, it's all to the good. All right. Like y'all, like I said, don't get down on yourself. I know ultimate strength. <laughs> I know. All right, brother John says, Q, do you have a preference on who they bring in as OC? Um, I do like Brian Grease. I think Brian Grease would be a good a, a good pickup for the for the black and gold. But ultimately, fam, uh, I don't know. You know, I'm kind of dialing back on that. Although I, I'm interested to see what Ronald Curry has, if they really serious about Ronald Curry. But Brian Greasy to me is seems like a good fit for for the team. But then again, are they really serious about these guys, or is or this is just buying time for John Groove? And ultimately, that's what they're going to end up doing. All right, brother John, thank you for that. Y'all can feel free to drop some questions in the chat. I'm gonna go to Q and A in just a second uh, after we cover this article right here. And a bit of uh, on the opposite side of stuff, a man convicted of manslaughter uh, of killing former New Orleans Saints great Will Smith, the defensive end, uh, is convicted. 
you know, you remember this, and for those who didn't they convict him already, Q? Well, a lot of things happened. Man who shot former New Orleans Saints star Will Smith following a traffic stop crash nearly eight years ago had been convicted of manslaughter. The jury deliberated for more than four hours and reached his verdict in a retrial of Cardell Hayes just after midnight Saturday. News outlet reported he faces up to 40 years in prison. The jury acquitted Hayes of an attempted manslaughter in the shooting and wounding of Smith's wife during the April 2016 confrontation. Hayes, who's 36, had previously been convicted in December of 2016 of manslaughter and Smith's death and attempted manslaughter for the gunshot wounding of uh, Raquel Smith or Rachel Smith. I think that's Raquel or Rachel. But the the jury vote was 10 to 2 and the conviction was tossed after the U.S. Supreme Court outlawed unanimous verdicts. Hayes was released on bond after having served more than four years of a 25 year sentence. His retrial was delayed for various reasons, including court closures during to the C-19 pandemic and prosecutors rested their case against Hayes on Friday. And the defense chose not to call witnesses after that. The city's top prosecutor insisted during his closing arguments that Hayes fired needlessly. Quote, one gun was fired by one man. District attorney Jason Williams said, holding the air, holding in the air, the evidence attacked handgun Hayes fired. Hitting eight, hitting Smith eight times, seven in the back, and also hitting Smith's wife in the legs. The defense attorney, which was Fuller, insisted prosecutors had not proven Hayes did not act in self-defense. Fuller pointed to a recording of a 9-11 call made soon after the shooting in which Hayes can be heard in the background claiming Smith had stated he intended to get a gun from his car. Fuller sought to refute prosecutors' claims that Smith had claimed her husband, uh, who calmed her husband down by the time Hayes opened fire. You don't say calm down. It's not worth it. If you don't say calm down, it's not worth it. He said, referring to the prosecution's testimony uh, about Rachel's efforts to defuse the argument. Evidence showed that Will Smith was intoxicated at the time of the confrontation, but there was no witness or forensic evidence to back up Hayes claim that Smith had wielded a fire fired weapon. 